All right, welcome to the Edit Bay. Um, this is post-production, <laughs> a podcast about uh, Lakers basketball and movies. Uh, I am Michael Corvo, a Lakers reporter for Clutch Points. I am Cooper Halpern, a Lakers reporter for Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, so, just a quick intro here uh, for this particular episode. This is the sort of rebrand for us. Um, this podcast mm. was formerly known as Lakers Multiverse. Uh, but Cooper and I decided to reconceptualize it a little bit. Um, obviously, the Lakers are starting their season this week, so this is why we're uh, debuting the episode or sort of the new episode um, right before that. They start on Tuesday against Golden State. Um, so anyway, yeah, rather than just running through kind of the week in Lakers-related news and notes, um, we're going to rely on our shared love of film. Cooper and I both kind of studied film and care a lot about it and talk a lot about it on our own. Um, so we're going to rely on our shared love of film to sort of dissect the drama surrounding Hollywood's second best professional basketball team. Um, if you listen to our previous episode, we did, we sort of did a trial run a few weeks ago that was still under the Lakers multiverse banner. It was before training camp. Uh, it was actually right after the Patrick Beverly uh, trade. Um, so if you listen to that, you'll know the premise. Um, we basically pick a movie that we either love or want to revisit or whatever, and kind of use that as a lens through which to focus on topical Lakers storylines as well as, you know, talk, enjoy talking about the movie. Um, so our first episode, we covered Zoolander uh, because it's about a former star struggling to embrace his decline uh, and also focuses on two longtime rivals being forced to team up. Uh, obviously, the, the Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly parallels, you know, are there. Um, also, Zoolander is hilarious and, and brilliant. So, <laughs> so for this week, um, we're going to look at another classic wacky satire, uh, the iconic 1984 faux rockumentary, This is Spinal Tap. Uh, Cooper, you picked this one. Um, I did. <clears throat> we'll obviously get into all the nitty gritty and, and, and we'll run through it. But just sort of generally speaking, uh, what was the uh, inspiration for that? I mean, obviously a great movie, but. Um, you know, I was thinking this this was kind of as the Lakers were, you know, training camp and it felt like the best um kind of making the band um yeah so so just from a very broad perspective i thought that that um might have some nice parallels but i'm sure there's some more stuff that we'll get into as well yeah so uh it was a great call um i actually had never seen it um i obviously knew of its cultural relevance. I feel like it's still pretty cultural relevant, like it gets referenced a lot and whatever. Um, I'm very influential. I, I love music docs. So like the spoof of it, it's obviously, you know, appeals to me. Um, but I've watched it like three times since um, since we, we, we threw this out there. Um, so really? if you haven't seen Spinal... Uh, yeah, I watched it right when we came up with the thing. Cause it's taken us a few weeks to, to record this here, but I watched it right when uh, we came up, we decided on it. Then I had a plane back from the East Coast where I, wa- I watched it again. And then uh, earlier today, I didn't, I didn't watch the whole thing earlier today, but I watched a lot of it, you know, back over. All right. Um, cool. Of course, a lot of it's on YouTube. You know, you can just watch scenes and stuff. But yeah, um, there's also an SNL sketch that the, the guys did. Well, I'm, I'm, I might reference that later. It's absolutely hilarious. But anyway, it's on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't seen Spinal Tap, go do that. <laughs> um, it's really short. Um, and then maybe, you know, catch up with us later. Um, we're obviously going to be spoiling stuff and whatever, although it's not really like a plot movie necessarily. But yeah. um, to quickly summarize it, it's it's shot in documentary style. 
it's satirizing the type of kind of music rockumentaries they called them that were popular at the time and still are kind of um it's rob reiner's first movie obviously he went on to do a bunch of great ones in the 80s uh, and it follows the kind of this sort of tour of sort of the story of this fictional British heavy metal band um, called Spinal Tap um, that in the film is described as not one of England's best bands, but a band that has a distinguished place in rock history as one of English's loudest bands. Um, so basically, it's a story of a bad but popular group, um, which, you know, I think there's some Lakers parallels there right off the bat. Um <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 95%. Uh, they describe it as a smartly directed, brilliantly acted, pack and packed with endlessly quotable moments. This is Spinal Tap. It's an all-time comedy classic. Um, actually, Roger Ebert, I was watching him do his thing. He, he described the band as a badly confused rock band, which I feel like also maybe is... Uh, uh, there's some, some Lakers uh, stuff there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, first of all, the Lakers just wrapped up their preseason... So what were your sort of overall thoughts on that? And then we'll get into the movie and, and the Lakers. Um, yeah, I think just Lakers specific. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know if they have any idea what they are right now. Um, they don't yes. look like a team that has an identity. So as soon as LeBron and, and AD come off the floor, they are without a paddle. Um, so... I thought that there might be some kind of redemption um, available to to Westbrook coming off the bench, but he, you know, as things seem to go for this team, immediately gets hurt. He played four minutes and fifty seconds, I think, in uh, as we're recording uh, Friday's game, Um, and he he looked good when he was on the floor. He has a hamstring strain and questionable for opening night um yeah you wrote a good yeah, piece he didn't look good he, he had two assists two turnovers um and he missed both of his shots so i mean i i don't i just don't know that there's really even a good player in there anymore yeah it's hard to it's hard to uh we're not going to focus too much on the preseason because they went one and five last year they went zero and six that turned out to be pretty foreboding We'll see what the, I mean, this is a little different. They had a back-to-back. So they're improving is what you're saying. They're getting better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, they, uh, I mean, it's a little hard to say, you know, obviously new coach, new system, new everything, new, uh, you know, AD AD has this back thing. He hasn't played. Um, They had a back-to-back where they rested everybody on the second leg of it. Uh, I would say the one concerning thing in general, you know, besides the whole rest situation, whatever, their general health is that the Minnesota game that I was at, um, was the one game where they actually really wanted to make it a dress rehearsal. Like they really played their guys big minutes. Yeah. All their main guys played over like 25 minutes. The guys were healthy and they were like clearly not as good as the Timberwolves. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see how Golden State goes on Tuesday. They have a tough opening schedule. So like there's a chance just by the nature of the schedule that they'll be, I don't know, two and six, you know, who knows, you know, but yeah. um, anyway. Um, so let's talk Spinal Tap here. Um, I think what – so for the listeners, to, uh, to break the fourth wall a tiny bit, um, I, I, we're going to figure out – again, this is sort of a, still a trial run of the pod, so we're going to figure out kind of the exact structure and segments and things as we go along. So maybe this will be – this episode will be a little bit more freewheeling um, in nature. Um, 
But uh, I think what I'll just do is I'll just sort of run through some like parallels, big and small, that I have with Spinal Tap. Obviously, if you have some, um, join in. And then uh, we'll kind of use those as jumping off points to talk about certain Lakers uh, storylines. Um, I mean, first of all, some, some little things. Rob Reiner, Darvin Ham, first time directors, both kind of mm. like, both kind of burly, bald guys. Uh, <laughs> who, uh, kind I, of a I, different energy, I think, maybe a little bit. A little bit. Uh, I, I like little the bit. Comp. Yeah, but both. Both former, you know, uh, Rob Reiner was a was a an actor on TV shows, kind of a supporting player. Darvin Ham, of course, was kind of a role player. Uh, turned yeah, that's a really good comp, honestly. N- now running the show, yeah, I'm sh- I guarantee you're the first person to do Rob Reiner. Yeah, is yeah, that's, no, that's never been done before. But hey, well, hopefully, I mean, Rob Reiner then went on to make a few good men and a bunch of Stand by Me and a bunch of awesome movies. So um, Princess Bride, yeah. Princess Bride, yeah, exactly. So, so we're, uh, maybe so we're like five minutes in, and we are breaking new ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the idea. Um, also, I so so uh, I mentioned the thing about uh, Spinal Tap being one of England's loudest bands. I think that's perfect for the mm. Lakers, who of course are probably the NBA's loudest team. Um, uh, the Spinal Tap in general is about a band who is kind of they're still they're, they're bad, but they're still popular. But they're sort of fate. They're sort of facing the end of an era, um, which, you know, kind of a Lakers thing. Um, so the Spinal Tap, I would say they they have a big three. Um, you know, they're, they're, we'll talk about the drummer stuff, with, you know, which is funny. Uh, and uh, their keyboardists, all, all the names are great. The keyboardists have been savage. Um, but uh, <laughs> they have uh, lead guitar, David St. Hubbins, I believe his name, which is Michael McKean. Uh, it's kind of LeBron. Then you have uh, Harry Shearer playing Derek Smalls on bass. I feel like that's kind of AD because he's sort of like, you kind of need your bassist to be like a consistent, reliable sort of backbone of the band. And the Lakers need that um, to sort of to, to work. And then you have Christopher Guest, who is absolutely hilarious in this movie as Nigel Tufner, um, or I guess maybe he's the lead guitarist and, 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 and McKean's a singer. Um, n- now, Nigel's arc is very Russ-like. He, uh, so he's, he gets sort of um, tuned out a little bit towards later in the movie. They're sort of, they have some new ideas of how, where they want to go with the band, and Nigel sort of starts to lose interest, and then he even quits mid-show at one point. Um, and you can see there's a scene where they're at the diner and they're pitching the new drawings of like him as the Capricorn and then the other guy is like the goat and whatever. And Nigel's just like, is this a joke? And you, he's literally like, they're literally losing him, which I feel like is very LeBron and AD kind of like losing Russ. And then Nigel eventually comes back at the very end, but he, he does he, quit. He has no sense of humor about his, his self-seriousness. Like Exactly. Exactly. There's a couple, like, there's a couple. Yeah. The the one thing that 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 reminded me of of Russ sort of uh, is one of my favorite scenes in that movie, which is um where he sits down at the piano and the lick my he's love like song. yeah yeah he's yeah. like let me uh, you know I'm gonna play something for you I've been working on and then Robert is like oh that's beautiful like what do you call that. And he's like, "Oh, uh, lick my love bump." <laughs> yeah, he goes, "It's a." But it's like it's a little you know, bit of a classical. Yeah, he's like it's music. a combination of Mozart and Bach. He's like mock. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, that he's like, what's it called? And he's like, lick my love <laughs> Um, It's absolutely hilarious. Chris, are you a Christopher Guest guy, by the way? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am for sure a Christopher Guest guy. Um, yeah, and this is probably the best one. Great movies ever. Although, yeah. yeah. Waiting for Guffman is is pretty good, too. Also um, amazing. Yeah. But... Yeah, they remind yeah. me of Russ because it's like, I'm going to do this, like, it's almost a flipped Russ thing where it's like, I'm going to do this really ugly thing and call it beautiful, but it's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, he also that's has, not a good shot. He also has a moment late and later in the movie where he tries to guitar solo, tries to go, like, tries to go ISO, and he mm-hmm. tries to guitar solo, and he he's, it's terrible. It's like a mess, uh, <laughs> which I feel like, you know. Um, and we should mention also this movie is unscripted. That's one thing that's really cool. It's all improv, um, mm. which I feel like is a little bit. It's almost it's a little bit almost like the Lakers last season, where after every game they'd be like, "Well, we're just figuring it out because we don't have our whole team and we don't know what we are." Uh, and we'll see if they talk about like that this season. I feel like they'll have probably. Well, they're at the starting chemistry. blocks, right? That's what that's what Ham said last game. He said, um, yeah. "You know, this is just the starting blocks." He's like. Uh, what did he say about Westbrook coming off the bench? Is it's another dimension or it's another? No, he said it's a real. Like, it's not a demotion. It's a realignment, which right, is like it's a real all time. He's like, adding dimensionality to his game. Yeah, yeah, it's all time corporate speak. It's like perfect, yeah. like corporate, like PR speak. Yeah, I think that's probably why the Lakers. Part of why the Lakers love him and why they went after him um, is sure. because he is really good at that kind of corporate speak and spinning things into the positive. Um, but I also think like, I don't know how much it matters because I'm not sure how good he is even in, in fully bought in form, but like, he does seem to have like at least Russell Westbrook's respect. And so there's a level of, of buy-in and, and hopefully camaraderie that they can all build together. But, um, yeah, yeah why don't you, I, I, cause you, you, you wrote a good piece for silver screen and roll that I think went up today. Was it on, uh. Yeah, uh, Russ. Maybe just uh, can you, um, you know, maybe paraphrase it a little bit or sort of summarize what you were you were saying there. Yeah. So um, I kind of looked at his preseason and I talked about um, his stuff on the court, both antics and uh, you know statistical performance, um, and just kind of was like, where does he fit in on this team? I'm not really sure that he does he's like been pretty bad i mean even in the preseason like guys who are like superstars typically kind of roll through 15 minutes where they just put up ridiculous numbers against weak defenses and then come out of the games and he looks like a guy who doesn't belong in the league so i'm just not really sure like i would I think that the like the low key hot take that I kind of have coming out of it, coming out of writing that piece, is like, does Westbrook play another dozen games in the NBA? Does he play twenty five more? Like, I don't know. I I don't know that. That this is his farewell tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it might be from the bench. Like, I don't think he plays big minutes for the Lakers. Um, once he's healthy again, assuming that he's back soon. I think he's probably playing 22, 3, 4, 5 minutes a game. And I don't I don't think he finishes the season as a Laker. And I think when he leaves the Lakers, that might that could be the end of his career. 
because he's just not a useful player in his current form. Yeah, I mean, it feels like unless he really embraces the idea of being a role player. Um, but which, that's you know, a, that's the thing is like I don't I don't think there's a version of the things that he's good at that's particularly useful as a role player. Like the thing you think even if he mentally did it, and he was cool it. with it. Yeah, I actually Still kind of. Be. I think what at least I tried to get across a little bit in the piece. I think if you sort of take him at his word, he is, he is all the way bought in. He's just, and he's trying on defense. He's just missing reads and he's lost a step and he's turning the ball over and he's not beating his man. Like there's just not a lot. And he can't shoot, obviously. I mean, he took a step back three, uh, like 30 seconds after coming into the game, moved the ball around, got stuck to him wide open. Then he moved it around, got it back. And he took a step back three at the end of the clock, like a step back three pointer for contested step back three pointer. For literally the worst super high volume three point shooter in the history of the NBA is like that's just not really tenable. So I just don't really yeah. think he's an NBA player anymore. Yeah, and I think like even the stuff a few days ago with the you know the two huddles and things like like technically, I guess it was that that was nothing in the sense of like it was his pregame routine where he's separate and then like he was talking to the coaches when they huddled. But a like that's a weird pregame routine. <laughs> but like maybe join your team. I mean, we've seen it. it is it is his pregame routine. But it's for it a just, guy who's, just, a, who's an All NBA player, and he's not. It's like, yeah, can you imagine exactly. if like Kyle Kuzma did huddle? that before like, every game when he was on the Lakers. Like, it would be totally out of line. Yeah, it's just very. It's very like, you know, if, if you're at this point, you're. It's it just thing. It's another thing he could evolve. Like in a way in which he could evolve. Like I don't want to read too much into it, but it's almost like, hey man, like you're not the star of this team anymore. Like you're. You have to prove that you can be like a selfless team player and put your ego aside, not just for the Lakers this season, but for your future, you know, contracts and whatever. And to just be like, I'm just going to like not care about, like, it's just, I'm going to have these bad optics because I'm going to be separate and isolated. I, I it's very Nigel. I don't know that he, I don't know that he's even aware enough to understand the optics of it. I genuinely, like, I don't think it was done uh, maliciously. Um, and I think, I think the thing, I thought the the sort of the second event where he with the whole Pat Dev huddle that he like quote unquote ignored was the more telling one because you know that sort of BS angle where it just shows him like getting tugged on by AD and he's like he's actually talking to the coaches on the bench but like the reason he was talking to the coaches on the bench which he admitted in an interview at practice yesterday um, was that he blew his assignment and had just given up an yeah, one. yeah so it's like. I don't really care. Like, I don't really care why. Why if he missed the huddle, if it was an FU to his teammates, or if he just was looking at somebody else. It's like, actually, he was the worst player on the floor, and everybody was mad at him. So it doesn't right. really matter. What, like, the optics to me are you just gave up three points. Um, the point is that, really, like, yeah. 99% of players, these kind of just strain. I mean, he also had the thing, the, the white man can't jump back and forth with uh, – Jaden McDaniels in that game. I, I, I saw that on Twitter, and it is it is exactly that scene. Yeah, exactly that scene. It's just like, which we maybe we could have done that movie, maybe or probably will at some point, but yeah. it just felt like a total, like, it's just like 99% of players don't do weird stuff like that, like having yeah. a preseason game where three different weird things happen, and then the next day it turns out that you're like, the next day it comes out that he's being shopped again and that he's being yeah. realigned, let's say. Like, that's just like 48 hours of, like, you know, strangeness to cap the preseason. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, but... 
I don't I don't know that he's like a terribly like like accommodating person. Like things don't go his way and he's like, no, they have to. And so he picks fights when he's not steamrolling you with his athleticism, like he doesn't really have other moves. Um kind of kind of socially or or diplomatically or in his in his like basketball bag. So I feel bad for him a little bit. He's kind of stuck, but he's also not. I mean, he's he's doing strange stuff on a nightly basis. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's certainly not going great. Um, it feels like it's ugly. Know, it's honestly let's, pretty ugly right now. Yeah. Um. Let's let's run through a few more stuff. Um. So the uh. Let me see here. So I loved uh, when Bruno Kirby, you know, from The Godfather. Is is driving the limo, and he starts telling the story about Sinatra, and they just roll up the window on him, and he's just yeah. like, oh, I just I, I felt like that was that was Westbrook to Frank Vogel last season, when Frank Vogel is like, <laughs> Hey Russ, I want you to bring the like you know whatever he asked, he was just tuning him out. It was like I, that's definitely how I felt. Like and Vogel is just like, well, I, you know, can't get through to this guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, he put the partition up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also one more rusting. I thought uh, when Ry- Rob Reiner's reading them the reviews, bad reviews, and they just yeah, like yeah. absolutely scoff at it. I just that's t- just Russ when you know to the media, um, you know, like criticizing his play. I feel like. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, also, like when you asked him, "Is there a stat you care about?" and and he was like, "Yes, but no." It's like I don't care yeah. about turnovers, but I care about. No, what do you even say? It, it it doesn't really speak in in complete thoughts. So he said he said turnovers, I think, but then other times he said I don't care about turnovers. So right, um, right, yeah, yeah. Also, I do. Do you remember that article of uh, that was about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches some years ago? Yeah, uh, that was Baxter Holmes. This is a great piece. Baxter Holmes, great piece. Russ was Russ was one of the guys yeah. who was particularly. That's right. um, picky about it. he needed it yeah right it was like way, strawberry I, I don't jam know. almond butter green, yeah and i don't know the status bread. of that like these days. i don't know if the lakers i don't know if the status of that these days but there's they that do. classic scene they do. So i, I actually know that they do oh they do yeah. yeah oh they do yeah that's a that's a um that i mean that's a hilarious scene in spinal tap where christopher guest with the sandwich where he's like i can't eat this like the <laughs> <laughs> that's right he keeps putting the bread on the cheese and the meat yeah he's like he's the bread like, is too small. what is this it's, yeah the bread is too small what am i gonna do about this once again i think um, the nigel as russ thing has has some legs here it's um, pretty good he does have like like clueless rock star behavior um I, the thing is like nigel ends up like being a role player right nigel ends up yeah uh he ends up getting david uh back in the band or, or they somehow come back together and they figure it out. And it, it does seem like he still has some musical talent, which again, not entirely sure that that analogizes well with Westbrook's current um, well, also, situation. One, but one thing, one thing about Spinal Tap that I think really works, I mean, everything works, but one thing that makes it really good is that the songs are like not terrible. Like they actually sound they're good. They're yeah. actually good. It, the concerts are dope. Like they're, they're pushing, but great. they're also cool. Yeah, like the lyrics are really yeah. funny or whatever, and I think like 
I love the one when they're in the Skiffle band before the originals and they have to change the new originals and they're doing uh, Give Me Some Money. Yeah. <laughs> and just the song, yeah, Give Me Some me Money. Some money. Which, I, which <laughs> I feel like is like GD Bus or something. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, or Alex Caruso, maybe. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's another thing? Also, I feel like another classic scene in Spinal Tap, of course, is the amp goes to 11 scene yeah. which is so funny Th- that sounds like a classic like could be i mean a darvin ham like ism yeah that's true he does love to speak in in these kinds of platitudes like the head coach of the jets right now the four and two new york jets um has a he loves the like <laughs> he loves the like navy seals and they have like a thing where it's like his thing is like 60 percent. he has these hoodies made up with 60 percent on them because the idea is like the Navy SEALs have some mantra where, like, if you think your body is at the max, it's actually only at 40% of what you're capable of. So, so like, tap into that extra 60, which is, like, what this uh, the, our, the Jets coach tries to, like, always talk about. And I feel like the amp going to 11 is, like, the same kind of idea that I feel like. Yeah. Him, I mean, yeah, in, a, in a comedic sense, yeah, that, like, I can see Darvin Ham being like, we won't want to be at 10, we want to be at 11 or something. But that's yeah. so he, funny. He's really said some wild stuff already. I mean, he called he called Russ a beautiful person. Yeah. That was that was a weird one, personally. I mean, I oh. looked in his eyes and I felt it, which is a special talent from him. Honestly, it, there's something there's a real charisma and like gravitas with the way he speaks. But I was not ready for the head coach of the Lakers to call Russell Westbrook a beautiful person this season. And actually, like I know this is we've talked about this, but it, it really it cannot be overstated, like the significance of how it goes with Ham. Because they're going to start the scenes with Russ on the bench. Like, they just are. And, like, yeah, the, the fact that Ham is doing it now, like, just to – like, I just can't overstate how fascinating it is to see how that all goes. To see how it goes, how long Russ lasts, how, how you know, what happens if he doesn't play defense, I, you know, and, like, what kind of – what that what ultimately that says about Darvin. Like, if, if Darvin Ham gets Russ to bust in, buy in, it's like, he's honestly, like – the greatest communicator ever. Like it's like he's coach of the year. They are like forty two and and forty, and he gets coach yeah. of the year because Russell Westbrook wins six man of the year. <laughs> he's thirty to one at the moment. Um, um I have a, I check. have a comp for you. Yeah, I have a Spinal Tap comp for you. Okay, so the drummers, the drummers keep dying. Right, that's like one of the running gags throughout the movies. They keep killing yeah. the drummers, or they keep dying in weird accidents, and, and hey, so, maybe Harry- not. When Harry Shearer's like, okay, it's all improv, but he's like, yeah, they can't prove whose vomit it actually was because he like took yeah. his own vomit. And he's like, Scotland Yard doesn't have that technology. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's like a bathtub incident, like the drum explode one time. One guy just um, exploded. Yeah. 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 Um, but so here's my comp for the Lakers. So like the, the integral member of the Lakers who they keep killing is LeBron's LeBron's playmaking ball handling guard. It's okay. the guy that they they keep picking somebody and then he's horrible and then it's like every oh, the entire fan base hates him, right? So they did this with Dennis who is now back, but in his first go around it was like, oh, we got the ball handler for LeBron, like it's perfect. And then by the end of it it was Dennis Ofernine Schroeder um after that performance against the Suns where he couldn't make anything. And then obviously this has just happened with Westbrook. So I feel like 
ever since LeBron's come to LA, it's been like, oh, let's we need our we need our you know secondary ball handler. Uh, we need we need a a playmaking guard, and like they keep killing him. They keep killing this guy. So I think that's the Lakers' drummer. I was almost thinking. I mean, that that works for sure. I was trying to think of the same thing. I was thinking almost like the center, like because eighty okay, was one play center. Yeah. So I mean, eighty eighty even said last week again. He was like, you know where I stand when it comes to playing the no, four. No, he but said, like, I'll do you it. know, you know, he's or he knows. AD wants to play the four. He referred yeah. to himself in the third person. He said, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, AD wants to play the four. I was like, what? <laughs> I know, but they. I do feel like uh, you know because they you know whether it's Dwight or Travail or. Now Thomas Bryan, Damian Jones, or Deontay Jordan. I feel like that's kind of been a, uh, you know, a little bit of a carousel, um, as well. Um, also, just a hilarious scene that I don't really have a comp for the Lakers thing, but uh, the Hello Cleveland, and then they get lost in the tunnel. Oh. I feel Amazing. like almost maybe that was more like us, like early going to crypto and like getting lost in the tunnel. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that is so funny, the Hello Cleveland thing. Um, uh, speaking of Cleveland, though, there is a uh, a scene at a cocktail party right before their big tour. And uh, uh, I forget the woman. I she works for the label. I forget what her character is. She has a line mm. where she, she tells him, you look so good, I would never believe you're almost 40. Which, of course, made me think of, of, of LeBron. Uh, um, and uh, I guess he's looked perfectly good in preseason. Nothing to worry about there. I mean his general health and his age and whatever, but he's, I think here's the thing with LeBron individual possessions. He's still got it. What he doesn't have is like, I get a stop at one end. Then I sprint down, race down to the other end in a transition and like try to finish, but I don't get the ball or whatever. Now I got to go race back and like, he doesn't have three or four sprints in him. And then he's immediately going to the bench. So he's a, he doesn't have the wind anymore, but he does have the pop, which is kind of weird. But, like, I think that's where we're at. Like, he's still got everything in his bag. And the shooting's unbelievable. He was hitting these, like, fully Kobe turnaround jumpers that I, I just yeah. think. he goes – I mean, he played in the Drew League. I mean, and he was just doing turnaround fadeaways. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 very good at basketball. That's where I'm at. He's going to be very yeah, good I mean, this year. He's, I do think there's a sort of, like, you always hear people be like, he's as good as he ever was or his whatever because of his mind or whatever. And like, again, that's true maybe on any given possession, but if you actually watch like 2012 Miami heat highlights and just the way that he's like flying around the court, what you're saying, it's like, it's a, it is a different thing. If you look at Giannis right now, like Giannis is not taking possessions off. He's going to play like 32 minutes. He's going to destroy you for 32 minutes. Like he's going to, Sprint to both ends. He's going to make crazy plays. Like, you see him on the weak side help. You see him, like, closing out three-point shooters. You see him helping in the paint. Like, and that's in addition to all the slashing and passing. Like, it's just the totality of everything that he does just becomes on a different scale. And that's the thing is, like, that's what the Lakers need AD to be. Like, they've got a 29-year-old and a 37-year-old, and they need the 29-year-old to be the guy who's picking up a lot more of his effort slack. And we'll see if this – I mean, AD has missed three preseason games of lower back tightness. I, I, It's sort of not a big deal in the sense that he's going to play Tuesday, whatever. On the other hand, apparently he – the Lakers knew about it Thursday and knew he wasn't going to fly to Sacramento and then waited till like, Friday afternoon to kind of announce it, and they're clearly trying to downplay it. And I don't know. I would just say it's just something to monitor, I, you know, whether you're um, – 
Yeah. I mean, he looked really good in preseason when he played. I, you know, I think it's actually a big deal, but it's not nothing. Yeah, his his like per one hundred possession scoring was crazy. He was at um, He's shooting well. I was looking at it to compare to where Westbrook was at. Um, so this is per seventy five possession scoring. Um, Westbrook was at ten point seven points on thirty five percent or thirty five twenty five fifty, which is whoo. Um, LeBron was at twenty seven point two per seventy five, and AD was at thirty point five per seventy five on like on like fifty three forty eighty five, which is like if, you, if that's that guy, then he's gonna be in an MVP conversation. Yeah, I mean, he shot. He's been shooting it really well. I guess his wrist is was a thing last year, which we learned. Um, and, but only uh, starting in January, and he was shooting. Yeah, I don't know why he even said so, that. I, I sort of was like, yeah. who, you know? But um, dude, eighty just but, stays, just says stuff. He just says stuff sometimes. He just he just yeah. sort of likes to say stuff. He sort of likes to be like, well, my injuries are fluky, but then be like, by the way, I had a sore wrist all year. Like, so it's kind <laughs> yeah, of like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and then just speaking of backs, uh, Troy Brown Jr. That actually is concerning because he's a key B and D wing for them potentially, yeah. and he missed all of preseason with a back injury that they haven't. It's kind of Kendrick Nunny vibes, different injury, but like last year we had this with Nunn where he suddenly kind of didn't play in preseason. They kind of didn't really give that much information on the injury. They said he'd be out a little bit. Then all of a sudden it was a few more weeks and a few more weeks, and then he didn't play all season. And so Did now he play with Troy last Br- year? Kendrick not he did not oh, he play. Didn't play. Yeah. He did not but play. But he looks oh, really okay. good. I remember. He looks yeah, really no, good. He does. He looks good. You know what made me think about Kendrick Nunn? Um, Lonnie Walker. Obviously, he's good because they've already cleared him for Tuesday. Um, and they say he, like, went yeah. through a full contact scrimmage. A little ankle um, thing, but he's fine, yeah. Yeah. When he went down and immediately came out of the game, I was like, well. And he was he was playing awesome. He actually looks better than he's ever played before. And, like, maybe they had a little clutch. Not, not anything um, – any, not suggesting anything salacious, but like maybe they just had a better sense of his improvement as a clutch guy, and like he looks legitimately really good. Um, well, that, he's, that's he's getting crazy you... elevation on his jumper. He's kind of playing hard on defense, which is not something we saw. I'm, he's the three. Like if if he really blossoms, like that's the piece that could swing the team a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean he's got a high ceiling for sure. I mean he should. I mean he's they gave him the 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 you know mid level. Um, you mentioned clutch. I just want to run through a couple other uh, sort of silly parallels here with uh, with Spinal Tap. Um, there's the Janine character who's obviously supposed to be sort of a Yoko. You know, she's she's mm, the mm-hmm. uh, David, David Saint, Michael McKean's guy, her, his sort of yeah. girlfriend who starts to become sort of Hubbins. a manager. Hovins, yeah, yeah. Uh, St. Hovins, yeah. She becomes kind of this manager that he wants more involved in the band and then that drives the kind of gen- the other manager, Ian, to sort of sort of quit eventually uh there's a there's a scene where they they say like this is a band meeting um and there's another one about what is it about um sorry i'm just looking in this doc um oh i i don't have it up uh oh yeah where it's like somebody's like she's gonna go on the road with us and i was just thinking of like rich paul like the early years of the lakers (laughs) where like there was that article that came out that he was like riding on the lakers team planes and like really yeah. much like involved in like the decision making, and I was kind of yeah. sort of saw you know could think of some parallels there. 
Um, I loved when they when they forget that that they they're at the Elvis's grave and are trying to break, sing, genuinely sing a song an Elvis song, Heartbreak Hotel or something, and they can't remember yeah, the lyrics they don't know or they can't find the harmony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and, right. And yeah, they try to harmonize, but, and they're like, "This is terrible." Yeah, which is I just was. It's just like three guys who can't can't harmonize, and I was like, "This is you know, Russell Brown AD." Yeah, um, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, how about the how about how about cameos? How about just lots of cameos with the number yes. of players running through the roster over the past two years? Just yeah, just we got Billy Crystal popping in. I Billy mean, Crystal. I guess Rob Reiner wasn't who he was later, but like, I think he's hilarious in this movie. Like. Uh, who else just pops in oh uh uh what's his name um he plays the like army sergeant at the end when they go to play the show and it's like at the army base um not well let's see so ed bagley's fred willard we mentioned fred willard's in there oh fred willard of course he becomes like a big christopher guest guy oh he's so funny yeah he's hilarious Um, as the as uh air force lieutenant bob hook stratton yeah Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Paul Schaefer's in here, Dana Carvey, Angelica Houston. Uh, you mentioned Billy Crystal, Fran Drescher. Yeah, that's classic, like, Lakers just big, getting, getting like, recognizable names in the yeah, building. exactly. Ed Begley, like... Yeah. There's also yeah, exactly. a... Uh, it's just, it's just got a bunch of recognize. In this movie, they actually got them at their at their respect, so it's not quite the same, but, like, yes, yeah. they're... They're all to scroll down the roster, you'd be like, oh, it's an all-NBA team. Well, there's also a line that, like, where I think Najwa when he slams the guitar says, Me- uh, being mediocre is beneath us, which I feel like is classic, like, Genie, you know, like, championships, or, or Palenka being like, you know, we expect championships here, um, which, of course, is funny because they're bad, which is, like, you know, the, the Spinal Tap joke. Um, yeah, there's, there's also... Just to that, there's a, just an incredible amount of entitlement, right? And I think in both, sure. both groups, yeah. There's also a um, there's a, such a funny scene where they're in the I guess the hotel or wherever they are and there's the rival band kind of they run into and they have this like their manager is like a big deal so the Spinal Taps manager Ian is trying to like schmooze is trying to net, kind of network and set something up and the guy doesn't want to talk to him and he's just like well I'd love to stand around and chat but I've got to go sit in the lobby and wait for my limo. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like is Danny Ainge when Rob Palenka calls or whatever, and he's for, like, "I'd love trade. to talk trade, but I'd rather just not <laughs> at the moment." Yeah, I, I have I have another Westbrook comp for you. Uh, okay, Stonehenge is Westbrook. Like we were oh, told, God. it was eighteen feet, and it's only eighteen inches. I feel like that's kind of how Westbrook was built and then delivered. That's that's uh, so funny. I was thinking yeah. that was very much similar to the Zoolander, like set up for ants kind of thing. That's such a funny like punchline, <laughs> yeah. funny visual. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, that's uh, true. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have. A little Harry Shear is wearing an awesome purple and gold soccer kit. Oh, uh, that is uh, when he comes out at the uh, they go through security at the airport. This funny scene. Where he's got stuff in his thing, but it's this very Laker colored thing. They also the the when they play at the end they end in Japan and they have a happy uh, happy concert at the end. Kobe Hall. Um, is oh, a, yeah. Although of, of course, there's also a line where Ian yells out, uh, "You can't live in a bubble," which <laughs> uh, mm. definitely, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe. Uh, uh, but you, know. you can win in a bubble. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
Let's see what else. Um, well, I was thinking like a mockumentary for the Lakers, like of this style would be genius. Um, we'll see if Jeannie, Jeannie Buss is working on a sitcom with Mindy Kaling about the workplace um, mm. of a, a professional sports team. Um, by the way, I finished that Lakers doc. It was pretty good. Um, although it was kind of sort of Jeannie propaganda. Um, <laughs> what else do we have here? Uh, there's a line from Ian, who's the manager, where he says, I think it's, this is a turning point. I think we're on our way now. It's time to kick ass. Mm. Which I think is, you know, we've heard that a lot. I don't know what this has to do with the Lakers. Maybe you can figure it out. Um, but my fa- I think my favorite scene is the, is the airport security. Oh, so funny. Yeah. Like, who is it? The bassist, like, walks through the thing and, like, sets off That's the alarm. He's, and, wearing, like, the pur- he's wearing purple and gold. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing purple and gold, yeah. Uh, he he takes off some jewelry, then he like does it again, then he like takes off his watch, he does it again, and then he like ends up taking out like a cucumber covered in tinfoil <laughs> from his pants. Yeah, <laughs> it's like completely oh. insane thing to have. It's so funny. Uh, uh, I it's also hilarious when they get when they uh they get the album covered. They try to make a white album, so they make the black album. Uh, and that is, uh, that's the best line in the whole movie. That's the best line in the whole one? movie. How much more black can it get? Yeah, there is none. None more black. None more black. Yeah, and he goes. It, it looks like Christopher Guest goes. It looks like mourning, like is, with the like is, you know like death. He's like it looks like death. It looks like mourning, uh, which I thought was so such a funny line. Um, you know, so one one trick they do in that movie that would be so funny at, for NBA press conferences is they do the thing where like and other Arrested Development does this or whatever where they're a st- you think it's like two people having a conversation and they're kind of talking shit about somebody. And then the camera zooms out, and that person's there. Just, and I feel like that'd be so in NBA press conferences. Like you have like Draymond talking about like Jordan Poole, and then they zoom out, and Jordan Poole is just like sitting there. He's like, yeah. Uh, or like LeBron and AD talking about Russ, and then they like zoom out, and then like Russ is like just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, Although more all... more likely it'll be Russ talking shit about the other two, but yeah, that that always that uh that trick always works. Um. Yeah, that's that's basically all I got. I mean, uh, obviously a great movie. How are you feeling? Uh, we'll wrap here. How are you feeling about the Lakers uh, before the season opener? Well, I think – so if you recall last year's opener, it was against the Warriors also. AD and LeBron each had 30-plus on super high efficiency and, like, were awesome. And Westbrook was horrendous and they lost by a couple points. So, I think if LeBron and AD go nuts, like, they have a really good chance of winning because I think when those two guys go nuts, it's really hard for them to lose. It's just hard to win a lot of games that way over an 82-game season. But, like, if they go nuts on opening night because it's opening night, like, I think they could definitely win, especially if they get some help from somebody like Lonnie Walker. Maybe Austin steps up and has a good game. Um, They're not a better team, but they could definitely win. Yeah, and you know the ring nights. I feel like teams don't play that well on ring yeah, nights. I don't know. You know they, they do. They tend to lay an egg on ring night. Yeah, yeah. So maybe the Lakers can get a win there. I haven't seen the odds yet, but maybe that's a good bet. Um, all right, yeah, JTA uh, gets to gets to have a good night no matter what, too. So he's going to play a lot for the Lakers. I feel like he's going to be like very yeah. much in the rotation and clo- is going to close 
a lot of times and, and whatever. That's my thing. It's like, do you think Westbrook is better than JTA? Probably not. Do you think he's better than none? Probably not. Do you think he's better than Lonnie Walker? Probably not. Do you think he's better than Oscar? Like, it just, I don't even think his scoring, his, just his scoring was 11th uh, in terms of like a rate based per possession basis was 11th on the Lakers this preseason. Like, he's, he's just not good. Just not, it's just not, not useful. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Russ is better than those guys in a pickup game or in one on one or something, but in like no. an actual, and I don't, oh, I don't I, even I, think so. I think he would beat them in that, in sort of that kind of, in non NBA sort of no, context. I think, I think his bag is so tiny and filled with nothing that I think, I think Kendrick Nunn and, and Lonnie Walker would fry him in one on one, actually. Kendrick Nunn ends. might beat him. Yeah. I, but either way, like the, the Lakers need Russ to be a role player. And so like, the, you know, it, that's, that's what matters. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was spinal tap. Um, that was, yeah. this is spinal tap. What that was, know? this is spinal tap. Nice. Any other thoughts on the movie? It's, uh, you know, obviously. No, a it's a movie. classic. I mean, a lot of people say it's the funniest movie ever. I don't know if it's my, I don't know if I think it's the funniest movie ever, but it is one of the great comedies of all time and certainly of the 80s. Um, it's, it's pretty it's unimpeachable. It's one of those movies that, like, I certainly, like, giggle a lot, but I also just sort of appreciate how smart a lot of the humor is, where I'm like, yeah. that's so yeah, funny. Yeah, I don't know if I'm Chris laughing Gass- out loud the yeah. whole time, but it's really funny. Um, oh, the, and the, the scenes other- are, like, they're iconic scenes, and, and the music's good. It's just very entertaining. It's a really good movie. And it's 82 minutes. Which... Yeah, eighty-two minutes. Yeah, the other, the the last thing I wanted to say was the uh, that I meant to bring up was the uh, when he's showing Rob Reiner his guitars right before the 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 amp goes to eleven. That same scene where he's showing him his guitars. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, listen to it. Just he's like, be quiet. Just listen to it. Listen yeah. to the sustain. Yeah. And Rob Reiner's like, hear, he's like, I don't hear anything. And he's like, yeah, but you would if it was playing. <laughs> I feel like that's. That almost is the Lakers. It's like there's if we there could be something here, but you know there's a team in there. There's a good team in there. Yeah, there could be something. Um, yeah, yeah, classic movie. We've we've done it. Classic movie. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Thanks, thanks for listening. This was uh, this was post production episode one. Um, we'll we'll come back with with another movie and uh, we'll talk about Lakers and, and Hollywood. Any parting thoughts? Uh, no, no, I think that's it. Um, All right. I'm excited to take this concept to 11. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs>